sermon is entitled, A Tangible Blessing. I am always amazed at the television set when I turn it on and listen to any kind of news, whether it is the local news or national news or worldwide news, it doesn't matter. For those of you who do that every day, and I don't do it every day, just can't do it every day, uh, God have mercy on all your souls. It is difficult. This week, a report came out from the Pew Research Institute that said now 26% of Americans check none when it comes to religious practices. Not to religious beliefs, but to religious practices, saying they don't identify with any religious tradition or practice. It means they just stay home. They do something else. They don't think that worshiping the Lord God is, with a group of people anyway, is an important aspect of their lives. And it's really strange, and you begin to think, why in the world? But here, we've read from the prophet Zechariah, we've read from the book of Psalms, and in both cases, it talked about the time in which the people of God, the people of Judah and Israel, had rebelled and had fallen away from the ways of the Lord. And certainly, you know, we live in a time in our own nation where many, many people have fallen away from the Lord, have ceased to practice the faith, have simply decided, I don't believe, or I can't believe, or I don't know what to believe. And that is, I think, the case in many, many examples. It is something. Maybe it's because they can't see any evidence of God. And I think to myself, how is that possible? We sang, this is my father's world for the beauty of the earth. Natural revelation in itself points to the creator. And yet, Many people don't see it there. Oh, yes, it's a very special feeling to be at the beach or to be on a mountain or to overlook the lake or to see something like that. But it is not something that draws them closer to God for whatever reason. It's as if the Spirit of God in them has run into the brick wall. But that brick wall was known and in the Bible, it is called a heart of stone. And it means that people have hardened their hearts. Do you remember in the great story from the book of Exodus where Moses is sent by God to proclaim that the Egyptians needed to release the Hebrew people whom had become enslaved to them and God visited Egypt with a great many plagues. And every time Pharaoh was ready to let the people go, but he hardened his heart, or even worse, God hardened his heart. And he wouldn't do it until the time of the angel of death and the Passover. So we live in a time 
certainly where people's hearts are hardened, but maybe it's their minds as well. They can't think of, they can't experience. I know that some people say, well, why would you believe in God? You know, what difference does it make? There is often no sense of the eternal, only a sense of the here and now, and nothing else. It is a tragic thing, but it is a thing that is not unfamiliar to God. And certainly, if you read the scriptures from the beginning to the end, you will see that it is a reoccurring theme among even the people of God, much less those who do not belong to God, who have chosen not to receive the gospel, not to hear it. And so the prophet talks about this, and the prophet says that there is a time when that won't be the case. The psalmist talks about this and says that there will a time, there will come a time when that will not be the case. And what it says to us is this, is that God is not overcome by any of this. And that one day, the peoples, a great majority of the peoples, again will turn their hearts and they will be made new, living hearts, as the prophet Jeremiah says, hearts that have been transformed and renewed. It may be two generations. It may be three generations away. It may come after great consternation and great difficulty across the land. It may come when people have been at each other's throats and even at each other's worse. But there will come a time. Because God's ways cannot be denied forever. God is able to overcome even the unbelief of human beings. So for those who are faithful in this time, and those who try to persevere in the face of growing difficulties and hostilities, where a presidential candidate running for the Democratic nomination says that we should tax the churches and we should impose regulations on them if they don't do certain things. But that does not thwart the power and the purposes of God. So there are things... And one of the things that both the prophet Zechariah and the psalmist writes about is the tangible blessings of God. What is a tangible blessing? When you say to someone, God bless you, it often is because somebody has sneezed. 
But how many times do we say, God bless you, and mean it in that regard? And if somebody says that to us, well, God bless you, what are we expecting from that? Is there something tangible about that? We close this service with a benediction, which is a blessing. Is there something tangible about that? If you have been out on, away from the city, just wherever, into the countryside, you will see that it is harvest season and that farmers are out there in their fields, the combines are going, the soybeans being harvested, the corn has already been harvested, the rice has been harvested. The cotton is being harvested. The milo is being harvested. Other things are being harvested at this time. And that, as we see that, we take it for granted. But the fact that the earth still yields its fruit is a tangible blessing of God. It's a tangible blessing. It is what puts food on the table. It is what puts clothing on people's backs. It is a tangible thing. But there are many other aspects of the tangible blessings. This little box, when it contains Pencils, crayons, when it contains soap and washcloth, when it contains a little game, when it contains a little ball, when it contains other little things that make a difference to a third world child. It is a tangible blessing that cannot be ignored to children who would otherwise never have anything for Christmas. You know, Terry and I, at Christmas time, we have just many, many gifts under our tree, mostly for the children and for the grandchildren. And it is something to behold and see. But these children get a red and green box, and to them it is like a treasure. And it becomes a tangible gift, and inside of it is a book that tells about the love of Jesus Christ. And they're given and talked to about the gospel. And so on Christmas, they receive these little gifts that our children would look at and go, hmm, Put that over there. We'll play with the Game Boy, the Xbox, something bigger. But that, that little box is a tangible blessing of God. The fact that we can go to the emergency clinic, make an appointment to see our doctor. Now, I realize that sometimes those are months down the line, but you still get to see one. 
And if you have to, you can go to the emergency room to get care. Whether we think about it or not, and whether we even imagine, that is a tangible blessing. Because a great part of the world has no such luxury, has no such health care. When we look in our refrigerators and we look into our pantries trying to think, well, what am I going to eat? What do you want for supper? Who knows? But the fact remains is there is food in the pantry, in the freezer, in the refrigerator, on the shelf. To think, probably all of us could go at least a week or two without buying a thing and not go hungry. And some of us much longer. It is a tangible blessing that we take for granted and that we often ignore. And when we think about this table that is set before us with the bread and with the fruit of the vine that is poured out, we think, oh yes, it's communion. We'll eat our bread dutifully. We'll drink our little cup dutifully. But it is also a tangible blessing of the grace of God towards us. Grace that strengthens us. Grace that helps us to live in a world in which sometimes too many people have forgotten or neglected God. A table that reminds us that God's Son died on the cross for us, that God raised him for us, that we have the hope. And it's not just a hope. It is a tangible blessing, a tangible promise that we have life and everlasting life. We have in our lives many different things that point to the providence of God, that point to the graciousness of our God, that remind us that we are indeed loved by God that we are cherished by God, that what happens to us matters to God. And too often, we think, even as Christians, that we're just in this kind of by ourselves. And that is not the case. So as we are drawing through this month of October, and if we all lived back on the farm, we would know what time of year it was. We would be rejoicing at the harvest because the harvest was a sign of God's blessing. When people filled up the storage bins, when people gathered in the fruits and the vegetables, when the apples were picked, when the pumpkins were brought in, when the grain was stored, 
when the animals for meat were fattened and ready to be butchered. It was a sign of the blessing of God because the land had produced again. So, most of us don't farm. Most of us are glad that there's Kroger and Target, Trader Joe's, Costco's, Sam's. But it is important for us to remember that the source of all blessing is from God. And we need to be ever mindful of that blessing that comes to us. I believe the prophet Zechariah knew exactly what he was talking about. I believe the psalmist, as he wrote Psalm 85, knew God and knew the power of God. So where he says, surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land, that love and faithfulness met together, righteousness and peace kiss each other, Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. For righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Even in a troubled world, God brings blessing. Even in troubled lives, God brings blessings. Even in the difficulties of facing the trials, temptations, and illnesses of life, God brings blessings. And they are tangible ones. Thanks be to God, truly, who blesses us each and every day. Amen.